2: Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured
3: into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live!
1: This is our
4: charism to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist.
3: Good morning! We are coming to you live from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota on a Thursday. September 5th in the year of our Lord 2019. I'm Matt Wilkham along with Michael Goldsmith, and you are listening to Real Presence Live on the RPR Network. It's uh, just past the top of the hour. We've got a great show, Michael. Yes, we do. A lot going on this morning, and uh, we want to uh, welcome everyone who's listening to us across the RPR Network. And we also are joined this morning by Deacon John Hust of the Diocese of Winona Rochester. Deacon good morning good morning thank we you. would love for you if you would uh, to uh, open our show with
1: a prayer I would be happy to in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit amen. amen amen Heavenly Father we give you praise and thanks for the gift of this day we thank you for your desire to reveal your love to us in many ways we ask that our hearts and minds might be open to receive what you have for us this day and that we might share it with our brothers and sisters. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.
3: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Deacon. Again, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham. Michael Goldsmith, how are you doing this morning? I am well. Uh just a little frazzled. Nobody
4: was here to open up the store. So. Oh my. Yeah, so, so I had to do double duty. And you're the barista. I was the barista. And okay. Got got the place open. So we're we're all good to go. They have another volunteer here now. So we're we're all in good shape here. It's all part of doing God's work. Uh, know, absolutely. This, this is a ministry here. So sometimes things happen and people aren't able to show up because they volunteer here. So
3: that it, you know, you wear many hats. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, let's get a rundown of today's show from producer Eli. Eli, would you like to tell us uh, what what we can expect uh, on this morning's Real Presence Live?
1: I sure would. Thanks, Matt. Here's what's coming up on this morning's Real Presence Live. Do you feel spiritually stuck? Well, we'll be visiting with Deacon John Hust of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, about how you can fight your way through negative thoughts, secret sins, and destructive habits starting off the show. And who is the real Jesus, and how do we find him among the many different versions of Jesus in our culture? That's what we'll talk about as we visit with Trent Horn of Catholic Answers and preview his upcoming visit to North Dakota for a special event. And healthcare professionals face emotional, spiritual, and physical challenges in their work every day. How do they live out their call to holiness and amidst the living out their call to care for those in need of medical care? That's what we'll find out as we visit with Marilyn Baker and Diane Johnson. All that and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Matt?
3: Thank you so much, Eli. And again, you're, we're coming to you live from St. James Coffee in Rochester. We are the Caffeinated Catholics. Matt Wilkham, along with <laughs> Michael Goldsmith. We're all jived up. We are. <laughs> and it's a great place to be. We got uh, yes. some folks joining us here in the coffee shop, uh, just you know, going about their daily business yep. here. Want to come to the coffee shop? This is a great place to come and encounter Christ in a unique way. Yes. And uh, something that not uh, every area has is a Catholic coffee house. That's correct. Yes. And I know you can talk about Jesus
4: wherever you are, but uh, this just this just brings a, a, a really unique uh, perspective to the new evangelization. So it's just a kind of a unique place to be. It's got a little bit different atmosphere than other coffee shops. So, and plus, again, like we said, it's it's through volunteers that help make this go. And you know, so if you wanna if if you wanna volunteer here, you know, come on down if you're from the area and sign up. That's right.
3: And uh, if you're if you're feeling spiritually stuck, maybe. maybe yep. That might be a good thing yeah. if you're in the area to come down here to St. James Coffee. Kind of helps me to get out of outside of myself. I know when right. I'm in a rut, maybe. Uh, just go out and have a cup of coffee and yeah. engage with other people
4: I'll talk about whatever is going on and absolutely we have and they have the real presence right here in the chapel so you can uh, you know that's the the very unique part of, of having this here that you can go in and pray right right in front of Jesus Christ himself body soul and divinity right here in the coffee shop so
3: absolutely and speaking of being spiritually stuck this is the uh, topic that we're it just so happens Death. that we're going to be talking about with you Deacon, you didn't have that planned. Did I it? didn't. I know. No, 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 not at all. Uh, Deacon John Hust of the Diocese of Winona-Rochester is here with us in the coffee house, and we're going to talk about how to get out of that spiritual rut. Good morning, Deacon, again.
1: Good morning. It's a great uh, blessing to be here. It's my first time here, so uh, what a great gift to be with you and uh, proclaim the good news of Christ. Amen.
3: Can you check on, tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, I am uh, a deacon of the Diocese of Winona. I celebrated my 10th anniversary uh, of ordination about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Congratulations. Uh, It's gone very quickly. Uh, I'm married, my wife Nancy, for 44 years. Uh, We have six children, five grandchildren, two more grandchildren on the way. I recently have retired from my occupation. Uh, I was a nurse anesthetist for 38 years, Uh, so I put people to sleep and woke them up. Uh, That's the... Important part is waking, wake, them up. waking them up. Yes, and uh, the last twenty years was at Saint Elizabeth's Hospital in Wabasha, the okay. Catholic nice. Hospital in Wabasha. Well, we're going
3: to help wake people up spiritually this morning. Uh, uh I, I've, I've enjoyed your homilies the past few weeks, as we just moved to Wabasha yeah. and Saint Felix is our parish where you serve. Yes, and so the the bar has been set very high. Yeah, at well, least in my mind. Yeah, so well, I'm expecting great things this morning. Yes, well, the Lord,
1: <laughs> the Lord uses
3: all of us, and when we humble ourselves, that's right. Yes. So. For sure. Now, uh, yeah, so the topic this morning is being spiritually stuck, and what what, what does that mean to you, Deacon, to be spiritually stuck?
1: Uh, to me, personally, it's uh, my inability to receive grace and let grace flow through me, and that is usually because of repeated sin or patterns of behavior, despite working hard at trying to change you try and work really hard i go to confession i confess my sin but in the next two weeks i'm back there same sin same problem so uh i'm not able to grow spiritually uh if we're not moving forward uh we're probably moving backwards right mm. so to me that's what's spiritually stuck is that i can't be the child of the father that i desire and he wants me to be sure
4: have have you personally had this happen
1: to you? I have. Yeah, I have.
4: I know I've get I've, I I think we all in some respects have, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I have. Again, it's really... Uh, we have to understand that it's we're in a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we forget that we're in a spiritual battle, that there's a kingdom of God, the kingdom of light and love, and there's a kingdom of darkness, of Satan and death. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very important to realize that this is... Uh, something that all christians go through uh the pope recently wrote a book in regards to something like that rebuke the devil but anyway uh so we have this what really comes down to me is our inability or my inability to receive love and share love because we're created to love Mm -hmm. to receive love and uh give love so for me uh recently uh Through the unbound prayer. So I was first uh, exposed to unbound prayer in 2008. And since that time have been somewhat involved in it. But recently I was prayed. I was uh, seeing a repeated sin come up in my life. And I would just describe it as uh, anger. And despite trying to overcome that, I just was not able uh, when somebody would challenge me on something. Uh, usually uh, somebody close to me, my wife, or maybe a coworker worker uh, I would all of a sudden get very prideful and start thinking, you shouldn't be saying that to me. I have the answer. You should be listening to me. Mm. But really what was happening was I was getting anger. I was getting full of anger. But uh, through a recent prayer, uh, we're in the midst of training people for the upcoming conference. Uh, I was able to kind of find out where that originated from and with prayer uh was able to on uh, the last month i've been uh much less angry so yeah w- we all get stuck
3: so it wasn't because i moved into town that you became angry no that was not at all <laughs> okay no I'm just, no i'm, I'm relieved uh, yeah no it wasn't. Oh, no, nothing man, to Matt. do with that yeah <laughs> not no. mad
4: yeah i uh, if i could just add you know I feel that a lot of times and, I, you know, you get that depressed feeling mm-hmm. and, I mean, depression is a part of a mental illness, I know, yes. but spiritually we can become depressed in that, right? I mean, that is true. And I and I find really good solace in, in two prayers, both, you know, Jesus, I trust in you mm-hmm. from divine mercy, but also that I'm really glad that the church is really, in a lot of places, is starting to bring back the St. Michael yes. prayer. Uh, very, very powerful to mm-hmm. me and I think it helps a lot of people, uh, you know, especially after, you know, the low masses when we do you know during the weekdays mm-hmm. that a lot of a sure. lot of churches are starting to do that so go ahead matt
3: no it's uh a, that's a, a great prayer i know we do that uh, i think at the end of mass at st felix as we well do. we do very powerful
1: yes it is they're both wonderful prayers
3: mm-hmm. you're listening to the rpr network and this is real presence live i'm matt wilcom communications director for the diocese of winona rochester along with michael goldsmith and we have uh, in studio if you will Deacon John Hust from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, St. Felix Parish, and Wa- historic Wabasha, I should say.
1: And also Deacon of um, Kellogg, St. Agnes. Okay, yes, that's right. Yes, and Agnes. Three I, I don't want the people from Kellogg thinking that we're sliding no, no, them. I'm no, so. they they the deacon for
3: both. They probably get the signal better than Wabasha. They, well. they could. So we don't yeah. want to leave them out. They're Mea culpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if folks deacon are listening right now are feeling something similar in terms of being spiritually stuck, do you have any advice for them to, to work their way through negative thoughts or secret sins and these kind of destructive habits?
1: Yeah. I think, first of all, we have to be honest to ourselves that uh, we're not perfect, that we do have sin. We do have patterns in our life that are not good for us. Yeah. Uh, to be honest is probably the start. Second is we have to seek the light of Christ, the light of the Holy Spirit, to show us those and how to began to move towards him, so I uh, will share a little bit later about the unbound process, but to start moving that direction mm-hmm. is very important. We need to confess uh, sin, uh, we need to go to confession, Catholics need to go to confession and confess that. After that, they need to try and find somebody to help them, a spiritual director or somebody that they can confide in, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants us to work on our salvation with our brothers and sisters that's why the church is so important to be part of uh, a church is very important to walk with your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. to help you and you will help them when they are uh, struggling in their faith all of us will struggle all of us will fall but it is through uh, honesty yeah.
3: absolutely the
4: church is a family yes. Yes. it's the family of god right. um, you know, you talked about having somebody, and I know, you know, Jesus is with us, and we can go in front of the, uh, the, the tabernacle and, and be in adoration with him, with the real presence also in, you know, uh, where the real presence is, is shown to us, but we have it in the Mass also. But like you said, having a spiritual director, that's really important, is it not? I mean, you know, because where two or three are with us, that, that is, you know, Jesus Christ there. Uh, So, yeah, why don't you explain to us a little bit about Unbound and kind of get into that? And
1: and we do have the conference coming up, correct? Sure, we do have the conference coming up. So Unbound prayer is freedom in Christ. The book is written by Neil Lozano. So it's a a five-step method to be free of evil spirits, uh, lies that we have believed. The first step is repentance and faith, that we have to really repent of what we've been doing wrong and turn to Christ turn with faith. Jesus is the answer. He is the one that will set us free. Mm-hmm. The second key in it is forgiveness. Many times people uh, are harboring unforgiveness in their heart for people that have hurt them, often for their own selves. That unforgiveness binds us. It makes us not be able to receive grace and to share grace. Mm-hmm. The third step is to renounce, to renounce uh, whatever it is. Renounce is to give by a formal declaration to say, I'm no longer going to do this, so I would renounce a spirit of anger. I no longer want to be associated with that spirit of anger that came to me. Uh, the fourth is the word of command, that in the name of Jesus, I command every power every spirit that I have renounced to be gone in Jesus' name. Jesus has given all disciples that power through baptism confirmation. Mm. And finally uh, is the Father's blessing, it is the blessing to remind us who we are. We forget that we are beloved sons and daughters of the Father, that He desires us to love Him, to serve Him, and to serve our brothers and sisters uh, in the church and in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a quick overview, but it's a very uh, powerful uh, prayer. Uh, it's a prayer that isn't a one time thing. I use that now when I have things come into my mind, if I have. Uh, something in my mind that shouldn't be there I'll renounce it I'll command it be gone, and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with the Father's blessing sure
3: that's so important to remember who you are in the end yeah. going forward right so that when these things do come about again these temptations which they will they will and be, partly because they're sometimes habits habits are difficult to break they just are yeah. and sometimes it takes many months perhaps years um uh, perhaps decades uh, e- even to yeah. to break free of those.
1: Yeah. So sometimes it's habits and sometimes we are bound by evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that we need to realize that uh, there is a kingdom that we uh, inadvertently and sometimes by what we do, we invite them in. So the occult sure. is an example of inviting evil spirits to be part of your uh, heart and soul. Right. Sure. So we have to be uh, discerning on what we're doing, but realize that it's not, it's never condemning us. I'm not a bad person if I'm oppressed by an uh, evil spirit. It's, mm-hmm. but there is freedom. We don't have to walk that way. Uh, we do have to change, we have to change what we do, but. We also need the spiritual power that Christ has given us to,
4: and that prayer is part of that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, really breaking free is through that prayer, and of course, going being with other people, and of course, going on a regular basis to confession. I just, whenever people say, "Well, I only go like once," you know, year or quite twice a year, Uh, it's like, "Oh my goodness, you need to go more than that." You know, if you're really having problems, go weekly or you know, sometimes daily if you have to. You know, but why don't you tell us a little bit about the conference coming up?
1: So the conference is coming up. It's going to be in Fairmont. Mm -hmm. It's, I just want to make sure I have the correct date. You bet, yep. It's the 27th and 28th. So Neil Lozano, the author of the book, uh, we've heard him speak probably seven or eight times. Excellent speaker where people can come uh, and listen. Uh, It's very helpful to hear. keys and he does a great job and then everybody will have opportunity for prayer so anybody that would like prayer again the prayer is private it's confidential uh there's usually two people with the person uh praying one is leading the prayer and one is in, just interceding mm-hmm. interceding for god's work so it's all about loving the person and uh reaching out with the love of christ mm-hmm. and the power of christ to what? help them become free will the sacraments be there too then there will be yes yes, yes. Okay. yes. normally they will have the sacraments yep confession excellent
3: like thank you so much deacon john Hust. sorry we're out of time but uh, yeah september 27th and 28th at st john vianney church in fairmont minnesota unbound conference and uh, i'm sure you can find more information on the web regarding that yeah. again yes. thank you deacon uh you're coming you're up welcome. next we lift up our the prayer intentions that we received during prayerfully yours and later get your questions ready for straight talk with father robert horan we're coming to you live from saint james coffee in rochester i'm matt wilcom he's michael goldsmith you're listening to real presence live stay with
2: us there's more real presence live to come on the real presence radio network The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122.
3: Built Upon a Rockfest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. 9 rosaries will be given away, one each week leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rockfest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rockfest
2: on September 14th. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest.
3: Now, back to the show. Almost every day we receive prayer requests, asking for prayers for those closest to us. We hold those needs close in prayer in, at RPR. We're going to share a few of those prayer requests right now, and we invite all of you who are listening to join in prayer specifically for the intentions. Deacon John Huss has graciously agreed to stick around for this
1: segment. Here are our intentions for today. Please pray for the fall campaign of 40 Days for Life. Pray for the unborn babies to be saved, that their parents and families can feel the love of Jesus Also that the workers in the abortion facility and the doctor would have a change of heart and leave their jobs. For the doors of this state's only abortion facility to close, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For Mallory, that she may find housing, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our president, his administration and family to keep them safe and help there bring our country back to a godly nation. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Please pray for the physical and spiritual healing for Eric. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear hear our our prayer. Father, we thank you that you listen to our prayers, that you know them, that you desire for us to proclaim them. So we thank you for the ways you shall answer our prayers this day through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
3: Thanks for taking the time to pray with us for these RPR family members and their needs. If you have a specific intention you'd like to pray for, please visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com. Again, that's yourcatholicradiostation.com, and submit it under Prayer Requests at the top of the page. You can also submit an intention on our app. Simply click on Prayer Requests on the main screen. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more Real Presence Live with Father Robert Horahan in the studio next. Amen. The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming
2: September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877 795 This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice.
4: Hello and welcome back. This is Michael Goldsmith. I'm with Matt Welcome, and we have our blessed father here father robert Oh wow, blessed already already yes. beatified that's nice didn't <laughs> even
0: have to die for it. no
4: that's great we are blessed to be to have you here with us so it's blessed great to have to be you here yes Thanks for the invitation so we're here and we're gonna uh be here for the next hour and a half so come on down if you want to get a cup of coffee or just say hi to us give us a wave or like matt said earlier let's uh Have some conversation down here about Jesus Christ and how he is the king and the devil
3: is dumb. That's right. Here at St. James Coffee, beautiful Rochester, Minnesota, on a Thursday morning, it's about 9.24, about 24 minutes past the hour, I should say. We cover a a whole bunch of territory across the upper Midwest, all the way from Wyoming to northwestern Wisconsin, so multiple time zones. Yes. Remember to say past the hour.
4: (laughs) How have you uh, been, Father. I've been well.
3: We've,
0: uh We've been busy. We I'm, uh, uh, for the, our listeners, director of the Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in mm-hmm. Winona, and we just started our formation and academic year over the course of the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks, so it's certainly been a hectic time, but a good time. Yeah, uh, having house. all the boys move in there. Yeah, huh? yeah. absolutely. And the house is, um, is very full. We've got 61 guys awesome. in the house, so that's... A bigger number than we've had in quite a number of years. Yeah. yeah. So, Father Robert Horahan, how many guys do you have again? We've got 61 in the house um, from 15 different dioceses. Sure. 15 different Just like we're covering multiple states uh, with the... With the radio, so also the seminary is covering multiple states. What
4: a blessing times. to have one in, in in our own diocese, though. I mean, there isn't a there isn't a seminary, all, you know, in just just do, anywhere, anywhere, right? right. Yeah. So I mean, it is a great blessing uh, to to have our bishop over over a, a a great seminary that really does form our men well, and of course we've had many uh, beautiful rectors there, but you are the one now. I'm the current. Yes, yeah. and uh, do a Hope wonderful job to carry day. that
0: tradition on. Yes,
4: I mean <laughs> you you have you have a very very, very vast uh, knowledge, and I think Ooh, I it's guess. very, you know, plus a very great personality. It's I, I'm pleased to call you a friend, and thank you very much. Uh, you know, I think you do very well with. Uh just anybody that you meet, and so I can't. I can't imagine the boys having anybody you know that would
0: be a better spiritual, ah, you know, director right. for that's them. So, and and if that's, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yep. And and I'm very mindful of that. If that's the case, it's because people have done that for me. Yeah. I, I look back to my own formation. I look back to the folks that have have touched my heart, mm-hmm. and they're the ones who have learned. Uh, excuse me, from whom I have learned so much. And so I really, uh, again, it's great to hear that. And mm-hmm. and really, what I. What I especially take from it is a, an awareness of how God has blessed me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and now, you know, hopefully it's my turn to be to be a vessel uh, and turns.
3: Yep. So, yeah. I know for my part, Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary has had a huge impact on my life. I had a phone conversation recently with a priest who went to IHM mm. back a few a number of years ago. He he was my. Uh, vocation director in the diocese of Lacrosse. Okay, he went on, to, but he went to IHM. Yeah, and so we had a nice conversation about uh, how great IHM is, and uh, I, I spent some time there this past year. Yes, we uh, were
0: blessed to have have Matt within our walls for a spell. Yeah, he was getting used to Minnesota and yes. all that, or getting reused to the area. Uh, yeah. Reacclimating, yeah, so they, they, yeah. And now I, his whole
4: I, family's here, I, so it you came know. Came in November; that was <laughs> yes. a great time to come.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> you know, hey, it's the Midwest. You know what you're getting at. Right least, before right? the polar vortex. <laughs> great. But it could be a hurricane, so we don't have that. Yes, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. You know, you know so yeah. we have to remember to pray for the, the oh, people in Dorian's path, and that's right. And, and no, all it. of the, um, you know, with the recent fires in the Amazon, all of that. I just think, boy, not yeah. going on in the world. There is, and and we complain and have our concerns and some of them are legitimate but yeah. also it's important to remember that you know we all have our
3: our struggles and our crosses that yeah. were and I, we, we we can't sugarcoat it either and, and say everything in the church is perfect right. we got a lot going on in the, in the yeah. church yeah. Uh, but i have to say my experience at ihm this past year was so inspiring mm. oh, lovely uh the guys were just top quality yeah. uh, prayerful men gracious men Men for others. Absolutely. Men for the church. And I, I just have to say, you do a fantastic job there in informing the, you and, and the, the entire staff. Now, thank you very much. Well, and certainly, as you say, it's the whole, the whole crew. I
0: couldn't do it alone. I don't do it alone. Um, and, and I think one of the greatest things that I've really come to realize is how, you know, faculty, staff, community, seminarians, we're all helping to make each other better right. men. That, that everybody is... is is contributing, you know, by being with the men, as he said, you know, and yeah. it's inspiring. Right. So for us, it, it inspires us to grow in holiness and mm-hmm. to take more, more zealously the call to follow Christ. And yeah. it
4: does, and it, and it takes the whole diocese and the, the other diocese to put these yeah. men through formation, through prayer, through financial support, right. and, you know, and and just the the families that are sacrificing with giving their their young sons up. To be part of this, Absolutely. I mean that's a is a great thing to see, and I'm sure you
3: see a lot of that. Oh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's a great witness too to how God really is working in the church, mm. even in the midst of some di- turmoil, difficult yeah. times. Right, mm-hmm. in that these men are, have given up girlfriends, yes. they've given up, you know, uh, a regular. College life, if you will, right, right. Uh, in order to discern and more cult to the, know, the priesthood and potential more lucrative paths to That's follow, true, right. and,
0: and and more comfortable ones in certain senses. Right. Right.
3: So I have great hope for the church so, going yeah, forward. Absolutely, and yeah. IHM is a great uh, sign of that. Good. Well, we well, are ready
4: for Father here in Straight Talk. We are right,
3: excited huh? to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live called Straight Talk, and it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things. Happening in the world around us which we've been kind of talking about already with our local hosts and priests namely father robert horahan in studio right here in st james coffee in rochester please call 877 795 or send your questions or comments to us on facebook we would love to hear from you again the number to call to participate in straight talk to talk with Father Robert Horahan directly, 1 795 0122. Again, 877 795 0122. Well, oh, sorry, Matt. Do you we... have anything related to the faith or something that's uh, happening in the world that you want to talk to Father Robert Horhan about? Now is your time to call again 877 795 Well, I was just going to say, you know, Father, again, great to
4: have you here, but you studied over in Rome. You did. And I still have my picture you gave me. Oh. You, you said you're, you know, a mass uh, in Rome and you have both the blessed uh, St John Paul II on on one side of you and you have the, our great uh Emer- Emeritus Pope just
0: yes, yes, on the Red, other side Red Benedict Singer, so.
4: and so you you learned from a saint and a soon to be saint you know so when that, he you know uh, just a great part of our church and what a blessing that must have been but i mean you had the great opportunity to have two great teachers that you were around sure. in Rome
0: yeah uh, and and to be able to witness them uh, you know that was my that particular picture was during my diac in it year mm-hmm. so i wasn't yet ordained a priest sure. and i was um, assisting as a deacon and so yes pope john paul was was in office at the time and uh was was the pontiff and so he was celebrating the mass and then cardinal ratzinger at the time was the prefect of the cdf and so was the yes. you know one of the main concelebrants so there i am just kind of wedged in between them uh and
4: you're in awe and, yes exactly
0: <laughs> so the the opportunity though is certainly to, to study there and to have um those witnesses, both living and, and uh, from history, right? I yes. mean, that's the beauty of Rome. You've got figures like that, Absolutely. walking the streets, uh, and then you've got you know the the tombs of the saints, and you've got the, the historical that. richness there that you can really tap into, and Absolutely. so so there's there's teachers all over the place that, uh, in a city
3: of that nature. That's great. Uh, Teachers and teaching moments. And yes. Yeah.
4: Well, we have our first question here. Right. It was an anonymous email here. It uh, says, I was wondering if you could have a priest explain what a parochial administer is and what, if any, decision-making abilities do they have in a parish? Wow. Parochial administrator. Because we do, we do have those because we have clusters and stuff where a priest is not able to get there on uh, uh, at uh, all the times. Sure.
0: Yeah, and and oftentimes what it's uh, what a parochial administrator would be is if it's a priest, parochial administrator, someone who's kind of filling in the, the gap pastors Mm -hmm. so uh, as we know there's you know not exactly an abundance of priests at the (laughs) present although with the numbers we've got at IHM that looks to be turning around yeah you're Uh, working to change exactly but right now uh, we're doing the the best that we can and so sometimes there will be periods where there won't be a priest who's available to go in right away as a pastor because the previous pastor had to be moved somewhere else let's say Uh, and then in, as kind of an interim measure, a priest will often be named as an administrator to oversee things to make sure that things keep running smoothly. But then also, because they don't want to take away from the initiatives of the upcoming pastor, the idea is that they wouldn't really initiate too much new stuff in terms of the, the decision making. You know, okay. the question that the question got to. So it'd really be a matter of making sure things, you know, keep. Keep running smoothly uh, and doing what needs to be done. You know, obviously, certain things don't change the 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 gospel message, for example, and (laughs) the sacraments and all of that. But as far as particular parish initiatives, the idea would be that that would wait until a new pastor is right.
4: And any any formal decisions in that would, if it had to come to that, would probably be made under the bishop. Is that right?
0: Well, when, I mean, if
4: something least, came up in that, if in there that, were
0: if there were something warranting that, yeah, yes, was that significant.
4: So when it says parochial on uh, there, is that is that. Cl- calling to the ecclesiastic or is it, that is that saying that a lay minister or a lay person could do that role
0: you know it's the parochial piece really just refers to the parish okay you know that it's that it's a parish um the administrator word is one that is a little bit fluid okay because it really de- I, you know technically speaking it really should be a cleric it really okay, should be right. a priest, but but there's a little bit of fluidity in the way it tends to get used. Okay. So sometimes you will have like parish administrators right uh, who aren't priests but it's still a little bit of a different um, Set of responsibilities, right? But any
4: any parish at any given time is going to have a priest that's it assigned to it. To to but it's going to be it could be limited, sort, right? Correct. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then and then when a full time priest would be assigned to that, that's when more of the administrative duties could come back into the parish and be made at that time sure. through through the council and through the trustees and all of yeah, that. All right. Of
0: those various structures. Yes. Yeah.
4: Okay. Absolutely. Very very nice. Thanks for explaining Absolutely. that, Father. Yeah. As
3: long as we're talking about titles, so uh, by the way, Father Robert Horahan in studio here. I'm Matt. Welcome along with Michael Michael Goldsmith you're listening to Real Presence live it's about 12:35 past the hour and it's the straight talk segment your chance to call in or email in something that uh, you'd like to talk with Father Horhan about again the number to call 877 795 0122 again 877 795 0122 Father Horhan you have a particular title that goes along with your position currently. Would you like to explain that? It's a little bit different than the straight reverend. (laughs) Yes.
0: So there are certain offices, certain positions in the church uh, that carry different titles with them. So mine would be one of them. As the rector of a seminary, uh, I am actually, technically speaking, a very reverend. Very. Which doesn't make me any holier than anyone else. (laughs) I want to emphasize that very much. Uh, So I am a very reverend. And other positions would have that as well other sort of vicars in the Mm -hmm. church so those who are exercising a particular responsibility on behalf of the bishop Mm. all diocesan priests in a given diocese are are co-workers with the bishop so all of us are really carrying out his ministry because he can't do it all you know that's really the the ecclesiology of, of the sacrament of holy orders and so we're all co-workers so we're all associated with them, but there are certain offices that have a particular tie. Mm-hmm. And so the rector of a seminary, the rector of the cathedral mm-hmm. uh, in Winona, the rector of the basilica, um, sometimes what we call vicars forane or deans—they're they're they're priests who have certain sort of oversight of particular areas of mm-hmm. a diocese, head of the deanery. Yeah, exactly. And so they too would be, would be very okay. because. You know, they have a a little bit more of a direct tie. But again, all of us as, um, as diocesan priests are collaborating with our with our sure. local bishop, our local successor of the apostles, and then he's most reverent, right? That's like the, where that's the title, right? The, yes. yes. So that's that's where the 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 ascendance of the um, titles that. goes. But
4: what does it move up to then to a cardinal? I mean, you know, you have like, I know you have an archbishop, right? Yeah,
0: who, it's, who would also be most, yeah, most reverent, and really cardinals. Um, would, would continue, really, to carry that most reverend. They would, okay. Yeah. Because when it comes to the structure of holy orders itself, the the bishop, the episcopacy, is the top of that. Okay. So even if one would were to be named a cardinal, you're named that, it's a great honor, it's a great position, right. definitely a, a higher um, element in the hierarchy, right. but it's not a different dimension of the sacrament of holy oh, ordnance. Oh, you're not okay. actually ordaining the cardinal, sure. for example. Or even the pope, for, for instance. Still a bishop, you know, right? Exactly, the bishop of Rome. Right. So he would be, you know, he inaugurates his Petrine ministry and is installed, sure. but but it's still... You and know, you can up- get efficient. the mon- Monsignor as
4: another, yes, a, that's another formal that's another title that you could get. It's yeah. just, it's not saying you're anything different from a, a regular priest, but you're just getting a, a, a beautiful honor. There, yeah
0: correct? exactly yep yes. yep and that's something that um, is usually sure well it actually is a papal honor but usually the local bishop would right kind of would move it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean it's a special thing to get yep. as you a, know
4: as a sign of, of exemplary service right that, sure. exactly the going up above and beyond right. most likely right mm-hmm. yes yes and I uh, I know that we. I think we have another question coming Hi. in here, but uh, it's great to to have you with us. I'm Michael Goldsmith. I'm with Matt. Welcome. This is Father, Father Robert Car- Horahan, And if you want to get a question in here, please call us eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. It's a uh, also on Facebook, if you want to do a shout-out on there for us, we would be happy to get that question on. If you call in, you can certainly uh, ask your question yourself yeah. on the phone if you would like to. Yeah. So Get another uh, voice. Exactly. Us. And we do have somebody on the phone. It's uh, Donovan. Donovan, are you there? Okay. Hi, Donovan. Hi. Hi, Hi there. there. Could you could you ask your question for, for Father? Yes. Yeah. Why Go did
3: God want to make why did God want to make persons? Why did God want to make persons? Father? Wow. Yeah, that's pretty that's a nice, da- yes. How old are you, out. Donovan?
0: Six. six. Six? Oh, very nice. Well Donovan, let me uh, let me congratulate you on asking that sort of a question at the age of six. I think I was still um, Wondering just about dogs and cats, but even 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 that, <laughs> if really, even if that right. To be perfectly honest, or my next snack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's really what it was, or when my next nap was going right. to come. So thanks for the question, Donovan. So why did God want to create, uh, and, and particular persons, in particular us, and angels or persons as well? Mm-hmm. And really, the idea is that God, in His great and immense love and care, wanted to share His goodness. You know, God doesn't need us, God is ultimately completely perfect, uh, but he wants to be able to share his love. He wants other people to know that love, to embrace it, to know that they're cherished and they're precious, uh, and so in an effort to really do that. He makes us. And then he sends us messages of his love. He sends us his son. He gives us the gift of creation. He gives us the gift of the sacraments. So he creates us simply so that we can be sharers in his own life, ultimately, and in the goodness and the beauty that that is God himself. Does that make sense? A little bit. It's kind of like if you're throwing a party, right? If you've got a cake, you want to share it. Uh, It's not exactly a comparison, but, you know, God and his goodness and his love wants to share the cake of his love with all of us. So he makes us and invites us to be part of it.
4: Thanks for your question. Yeah, it was very nice to have you call in. Thank you so much. Uh, again, uh, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Also on Facebook, you can shout it out. Uh, if you are out in the, on your phone and or wherever you are on your device, give us a shout back on on Facebook if you'd like. And we do have a question on Facebook right now, and uh, Stefan is on Facebook, and he asks, "Did Jesus have a personal guardian angel like we do? Because he's wow. human, right? That's a pretty.
0: That's an awesome Deep. one. Deep. You know that is a good one." <laughs> (laughs) and i've been asked that one before and i always kind of meant to um meant to look it up and big thinkers like thomas aquinas and see what they officially say you know i i hate to be the guy who doesn't answer but i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna kind of answer um and what i'm gonna what i'm gonna answer with is actually that moment in the scriptures when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we do hear that an angel strengthens him, uh, that in that moment, he has an angel with him. So is that just a special one that God sends to him at, at, at that moment, or is it an actual guardian angel who is who is there to help him, especially in his, in his humanity? Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jesus being fully human, being fully divine, at the same time, doesn't have the same need for a guardian angel to, you know, keep him out of sin like right, we do. Right. Um, but also, in his humanity, to, to strengthen him and, and to be able to console him, that would be something that certainly isn't out of the realm of possibility. So, right. So I don't... Like I say, I hate to be the guy who's not directly answering the question, especially on a show called Straight Talk.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but that is, you know, that's that's Let's in between that, that, that yeah. a very, very high theological question, and it would take some really deep, concerning, and you know, like a Thomas, yeah, but yeah. to get into that, you know, another place where where we hear is is the ministers ad- administer to him after the yes. forty days, yes. You know, in the desert he, after he was the supposed to call upon them, right? As that, a, as a, as somebody as a, that dashes his foot against a stone, right? No, no. But he does not need that, correct? Right. But when when the devil left him at that moment because he did not fall to the temptation, to the temptation and when the then, time is then, right, right, then all of the angels came. Not all of them. Probably, right. I, who but knows? Maybe they yeah, did. Yeah. Right now,
0: <laughs> you know. But I mean, he is he, the son of God. I, so. exactly.
4: <laughs> and then when he was raised to heaven, the angels were there bringing him up in the in the ascension, right? And
0: moments when the um, Going to his throne, when, right? Uh, exactly, and the moments of uh, the resurrection, different accounts where you know there's the the figures right. that they see, they don't see necessarily Jesus himself in the tomb, right? So then they, you know, I mean, just who a are whole they? lot
4: of mystical parts around that. Yeah. I mean, and it's part of that mystery, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of those great things that we're not really called to know until we are maybe not even when we are a part and of the glory fullness, sure. yes yeah. you know we're not god so we may never know those full fullness of those
3: things so. yeah you're listening to the rpr network real presence live i'm matt wilcom along with michael goldsmith father robert horhan is in the hot seat here i should yeah. say very reverent hey,
0: but Father is fine
3: <laughs> okay. uh, The number to call to talk to Father Horahan is 877 Again, 877 If you have a question for Father Horahan On straight talk about the faith About something that's going on in the world Please give us a call uh, Or on our Facebook page Our RPR Facebook page And we have our next caller Mark from Hibbing Good morning, Mark What's your question for Father Horahan?
1: Good morning. Uh, got a question about the church calendar and mm, how yeah. it's set up. Okay. Um, you know how the holidays are because some are specifically set
2: like Christmas and Easter. Ah, sure. And then the the church year the church year itself is confusing
0: like a you know, church year A and B and Oh yeah et cetera. yeah. If you could, if you could highlight on that,
3: uh, you know, I'm kind of lost with that, how that's structured.
0: Sure, absolutely. So I guess I'll uh, I'll comment first on just kind of the, the the liturgical observances. You know, like you say, the Christmas, Easter piece, and as you rightly note, some of them, some of our celebrations are date specific. So you've got something like, yes, Christmas is always December 25th, uh, Assumption Day, August 15th. So those are dates that are, that are specific. And then you've got some of these what we call movable feasts. Uh, and all of those hinge around Easter. And without getting into too much of the detail, it goes back even to the early centuries where there was a, um, a debate about, well, do we want to stick with a given day? Uh, for Easter and just assign it in the church, or do we want to go with a movable process like the Jews did with Passover, and, and we kind of went with that movable process. So, so Easter gets assigned to the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. So that's really clear, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clear as much. I mean, you can just rattle that right off. <laughs> and then everything... Vernal equinox. Yes. Isn't that a fun word to yes. say? Um, <laughs> So go to March 21st, then go to the next full moon, and then go to the next Sunday is basically what happens, and that becomes Easter, and then um, everything else, all of the other feasts, then get get established really around that, like Corpus Christi and Pentecost and those sorts of things.
4: As as the so that'd be actual like, calendar that, moves that like the starting point
0: to it. Exactly, and then and then the rest. So yeah, so you, you set Easter, and then 50 days later is going to be Pentecost, and then the next. Um, the next time, um, the next Sunday will end up being Trinity Sunday, so that becomes the the really the setting starting point for those movable ones, uh, and then also Christmas actually kind of becomes a, a little bit of a starting point because then you count back four Sundays to the first Sunday of Advent. So th- those are really our two linchpins: the Christmas and then the Easter, uh, and then and then you've got the the actual assigned date ones that fill in. And it is a little bit tricky, just kind of. Keeping it all straight when when what when what falls where, so there's the there's the actual you know year-long calendar of feasts, and then you've got you mentioned earlier the, the ABC piece, which is a cycle of readings that happens on Sundays. Uh, is that the the church provides us with a wide variety of scripture readings that we can get into, and so rather than have just the same batch every year. With each year, we shift from, let's say, year A to the year B to year C, and then we cycle back through. So we get a variety throughout the course of three years. And that also allows us an opportunity to really get familiar on on Sundays with the various gospels. Right. Uh, So you've got, you know, a lot of Matthew in year A, a lot of Mark in year B, a lot of Luke in year C, and then John kind of gets sprinkled in there, especially in year B because Mark is a little shorter. Interestingly enough, there's also a a two-year, just to make things even more confusing, uh, there's also a two-year cycle of readings for weekdays. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have years A, B, and C on Sundays, and then you have years one and two on weekdays. But the, the basic idea is really to, to get the scriptures opened up and, and accessible so that as we come to Mass, we can have this wide variety of, of experiences of knowing how God has acted in history, how he's reached out to us, and, and how he has been at work. And that's really also what the liturgical year is about, with these different events, these different moments. So that's a really long answer to a great question. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Does that answer your question, great, great answer. Thank yeah. you very much. Appreciate that. I've got,
0: I've got one more if you have. Time. Yeah,
4: sure. Go ahead, Mark.
1: The Christmas holiday we celebrate it as the birth of Christ, um, but it, it's kind of confusing. Is that actually? I mean, does it actually fall? The birth of Christ actually mm. fall in um, December?
0: Uh, you, right. That's a great question, and we really don't know. There's a there's a great we have a we have a great custom in. The Christian tradition of looking at sort of universal religious motifs uh, and then recognizing what's good in them and sort of kind of purifying them. So the reason I'm saying all of that is if you look at that time of the year, December 25th, uh, you've got just a few days earlier, the winter solstice, the darkest day of the year. And there had been various religious festivals centered on that, you know, for example, the Roman festival of the unconquered sun, because now the sun is about to dominate the days. It's kind of gone into hiding, as it were. Its influence has been diminished up to that point, and now it's about to expand. And so the beauty of that is we see the light of Christ coming into the world. And expanding the range of God's love uh, Hmm. as God himself becomes flesh. So do we know when he was actually born? It's a a little bit of a crapshoot as far as actually the birthday of Jesus. But there's a beautiful tie-in then with the the created and thus God-given cycle of nature uh, that we can... We can associate with the birth of Jesus.
4: Does it also tie in, Father, with March twenty-fifth? I mean, yes, some, and then know,
0: with... and then nine months earlier is March twenty-fifth, which is the uh, the Annunciation, that yep. when the angel came to Gabriel and. Jesus was conceived. So it's kind of Funny. tied
4: in that in that manner. Funny I, but how do, that works. Out yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do we know the exact date? Absolutely not. Right. But I mean, that's where the church, with its with its uh, magisterium and 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 going over the scriptures, that's where they yeah. set that, and that's where you know the church tradition has come from, and right?
0: And emerge yes. exactly.
4: Yep. Well, thank you, Mark, for yeah. that. I hope yeah. that answered your question. We have another caller on the line. Uh, uh, can you? Oh, oh, I guess they are not on the line. Let me read this one to you, Father. Uh, couldn't stay on the line. So in the creed, it says Jesus descended into hell. Ah. Did Jesus really go
0: to hell and why? Interesting. So the typical, if you look at the Latin, it, you know, it's descended at infernos. Um, and the reason I'm, I'm using that is not to be hoity toity or pompous, but the idea of of infernos can sometimes just be below. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when we look at the idea of Jesus descending into hell, the question is, what do we mean by hell there? That's really the fundamental question. And there's a line in the scriptures where it speaks of Jesus going to the spirits in prison mm-hmm. and preaching the good news. And that has given great food for thought throughout the centuries to that sort of, you know, in-between period, right? Uh, between the death and the resurrection. And so when we talk about him descending into hell, we're really not talking that the classic understanding is we're not talking about the hell that we normally where the judgment is right, where the damned are, right, where those who have totally rejected God are. It's actually the idea that he went to those who were just, you know, let's say Abraham, uh, let's say the prophets of old, but because Jesus saving death and resurrection hadn't happened yet, you know, the gates of heaven weren't yet open. And so they were not in heaven, so just kind of by a, by a global sort of really, really broad extension of language, we say, well, it's not heaven. It's not the fullness of perfection. So in a certain sense, you could call it being below or being hell.
4: And doesn't that go into so, where the scriptures say, you know, some translations say, you know, went to the abode of the dead. Sure. Right? Yes,
0: absolutely. Yep. You yes, know, so yeah.
4: does that also tie in then to Father, where purgatory might have been expanded at that moment so, then through, through purification and, you know, once once Jesus, you know, separated? the
0: uh, So separated the just from the, possibly, yeah. It's, yeah, because uh, we're,
4: we're not, we're, the, we're, the last day is not there, at, right, for ex- the judgment. Exactly, correct?
0: exactly. It has so. not yet come. So there's, there's that. Time of awaiting. But yeah, so the the hell of the creed is actually what we sometimes will call, and again, it's not necessarily the happiest phrasing, but the hell of the just. Right. Because it wasn't yet heaven. Great. And then he freed them. Well, I hope that answers that
4: that person's question. Uh, We have another one that uh, did not want to stay in line, and they were, uh, what... When and what years was Father Horahan in the seminary, and where did he mm. go uh, for college and then theological? Uh,
0: oh, good. That one's that one's straightforward and simple. That's yes. just straight. You, you know, you, I can give that, that one. one. Yeah, yeah, you remember that one. So right? <laughs> I was I was at uh, Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary, where I'm at currently as rector which is kind of surreal, but I was there as a student from 1994 to 1998. And then from 1998 to 2002, I was at the North American College in
3: Rome. For mm, you and I family. were in minor seminary at the same time. That's wild. Isn't that something? We were at a different seminaries. Right,
0: right. But, huh. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that ever came up in our various conversations. So, so <laughs> yep, that's pretty Isn't neat. Isn't that neat? Yeah, right, you us.
4: still, we have a couple more minutes yet. If you want to call in, 877-795-0122, or on Facebook, give us a shout-out on there, as uh, on our uh, Facebook page there. We'll get that question. We still have a few more minutes yeah. for Father to be with us here. And, again, we're blessed because he is has a great knowledge. I mean, he's part of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. He is the rector, very reverend.
0: You uh, guys are making way
4: too much out
3: of that. No, no, no.
4: No, you are. I've seen firsthand. You know, I I love all priests, of course, You know, but uh, you just have a great personality mm. as it flows from oh, you, Father. You. So, I mean, it's just great. I mean, every priest has their own personalities, and they're, and they're great in their own gifts. I but know. it's always a joy to be around you. So, well, thank you very much. Um, yes, again, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. if you want to call in. Is there anything maybe you want to, that's maybe
0: on your heart, Father, that you want to talk about? I would just invite all of our listeners to to, to continue continue keeping alive in, in your minds and your hearts the depths of God's love. You know, we had that oh. that exquisite question from the six Six-year-old, you know why did God? Why did God make me? Yeah, why was it needed? Right. Great, why yeah. did God create persons? I mean, it's something right out of that it old of Catechism. Know
3: Him, and right, love Him, yeah. and to serve Him, and to be happy with Him forever in heaven. Right. Absolutely. Right? Nicely <laughs> done. Right. Thank you very much. I am impressed. You remembered something yeah. from your seminary days. I'm not very reverent,
0: <laughs> but. Uh. But you're probably more reverent, yes, at times than Ooh, I. Am. Yeah. Ooh, good tie in there, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, but you know, we have that, that that wonderful that wonderful question, and you know, it's a beautiful answer. And it, and it, again, it just comes down to the fact that God, in His in His immense goodness, doesn't want to keep that goodness to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to make us so that we can know it. I think we forget that. We yeah. just, we get so lost and caught up in the shuffle of day-to-day things and and I certainly do myself. Yeah. So I'm not pointing any fingers. Yep. Um, I'm preaching to myself as much as, I'm, as I am to anyone listening. Yep. But, you know, I want to encourage everybody, again, including myself, just to take that time to pause, to pray, to be with Jesus, to, to look at the crucifix, to yeah. say, you know, this is for me. God did this for me. Right. I'm worth right. It. Which
4: ties into our beginning with with Deacon uh, John Hust, you know, with being spiritually stuck. You know, don't, don't ever believe that you're alone. Yeah, right on. Not, not not, necessarily just even in this world that you're not alone. You have the church and all of us that are praying for you, yeah. and, and, and there's people here that care. But moreover, that God died for you and your sins, and that He wants you with Him because the, he, he desperately does not want to be separated from us. Right. I mean, and it goes back into Genesis with we created, right? Yes, So yes. that we're all three were there and the three persons present, that we talked to, but goes back into what's going on. Yeah. So. And he says,
0: like he says in our gospel for today, don't be afraid. Exactly. And more than many times throughout the Oh, yes, period.
4: absolutely. That's what, a, what a main refrain. Theme, what a main theme, right? We are
3: uh, almost out of time. Father Horahan, thank you so much. Absolutely. be able to give us your priestly blessing sure, to, to us and those listening? I would be more than happy
0: to. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy
3: Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again, Father Robert Horahan. Very reverend rector of <laughs> Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary <laughs> that in idea. beautiful Winona, Minnesota. Thank you again so much for My joining pleasure. us. Would Thanks you come for back me.
4: on with us you know, sure. for some more times? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We would Get love touch, to have yeah. you on. Yeah, so we'll have Brandon give you a call. Thanks, also. So, thanks uh, so much, Father. Been a yes, blessing to have you here.
3: Also, thanks to all who called in or wrote in your, with your questions. A reminder that this segment is on at nine thirty Central Time every Monday through Friday. Up next, hear more from Trent Horn of Catholic Answers on his upcoming visit to North Dakota. Later in the show, we'll hear more about fun events for the whole family during a ten minute tour. It's Real Presence Live.